This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, what is a holiday? What is a Jewish festival without Rabbi Daniel J. Gladstein with us, giving us some insight? Prolific writer. Uh, his his tenth book is called the Rav Daniel Glassing on the Haggadah. He has a Hebrew version. He's also the Rav of Kahilat Teferis Mordechai in the Five Towns. He's also the founder of Machon Magid Harakia. Good to have you back. Hi, Zev. How are you? Good. Thank you. I think the Haggadah is probably the most popular book for people to write a safer about. Right? That's got to be. Got to be. <laughs> when they said "Kol Hamar Belasaper," they weren't kidding. You know, "Kol Hamar to Prince." But I enjoyed. You have a lot of interesting insights. So I'm going to ask questions that we normally don't really address during Pesach. So, and you have an interesting whole chapter about who wrote the Haggadah. There's no one answer. Yeah, I mean, more. what's amazing is with all the Haggadahs on Pesach, with all the writing on it, you think this would be the most basic question that people would address, and this is rarely treated. And then the number of opinions and the gamut of opinions is really remarkable. I mean, it could range from Atana to Eliyahu Hanavi to uh, Amoraim. So it's really uh, remarkable. You have opinions of Rav Aaron Cutler and Rav Chaim Falaji. And... Rav Aaron Cutler? How could they think Rav Aaron Cutler wrote the Haggadah? No, no. <laughs> Rav Aaron... <laughs> you know, to... to um... Is uh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So Rav Aaron Cutler asserts that the the Haggadah says, "I would have thought you already start saying the Haggadah on Rosh Chodesh Nisan." And why would I have thought that? Since when do you begin preparing for something two weeks in advance? So Rav Aaron Cutler says, actually, the opinion of Rav Shimon ben Gamliel is you always prepare for Yom Tov two weeks in advance, and therefore he asserts that the author of the Haggadah was Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. I like the fact Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi Avigdor Miller, I think, uh, he said that the Jewish people wrote the Haggadah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. uh, something that the, the the commentary continues to develop. So no one person uh, is responsible for the entirety of it. So do you have a favorite, uh, one who, or favorite theory of who wrote the Haggadah? Author? Well, you know, it's nice. Uh, the, there's an opinion of Rabbi Simcha Bunim of Parshischa, that it was written by Eliyahu Hanavi. And that's why he comes to the Seder. Otherwise, you know, what's his interest in coming to the Seder? He has, uh, he he has I'm sure, a lot of things. This was ready too late. You know, he's the author. And somebody once suggested, you know, the author usually alludes to his name in the very beginning of the book. So the first word of the Haggadah is Ha, which stands for Hanavi Eliyahu, Eliyahu Hanavi. Interesting. <laughs> so, so speaking yeah. of Eliyahu Hanavi, there are two times that he's very much mentioned, of course, and he's part of that. That's considered the bris, or circumcision, and the Haggadah. Is yeah. there a relationship between the two, why he's invited to every bris and why he's invited to every seder? Well, it seems like, you know, his uh, choice of invitation may be a different reason for each. You know, for bris, we generally say that because he was zealous and he told God, the Jewish people, did not observe the bris. So Hashem said, "Really, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go see for yourself." But the, you know, the question is, why is he coming to the seder? What's his interest in the seder? So, as mentioned, if he wrote the Haggadah, you know, he would definitely be interested in the proceedings of the night. 
But, you know, it's interesting when, when uh, God asked Moshe Rabbeinu to take us out of Egypt, Moshe said, not for me, send someone else. And the Targum Yonasam ben Uziel says that Moshe Rabbeinu was referring to Eliyahu. Go, why don't, Eliyahu is going to bring the redemption in the end of days, so you might as well have him take us out of Egypt. So you see that he was even in the running. Moshe Rabbeinu preferred his can, the candidacy of Eliyahu Anavi to take us out of Egypt in the first place. You one of the main, yeah, one of the main ideas uh, that, that's very meaningful to me is the idea that everything we say in the Haggadah is, it's not about ancient history. It's not about what happened in the past, but it's more about coming attractions for the Jewish people. There's, there's a well-known concept, that what happened to our forefathers is the precursor, the pre-enactment for future occurrences. And we always talk about that in terms of the lifetime of Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov. But the question is, you know, in the end of days, when Hashem redeems the Jewish people, the ultimate redemption, well, what was the pre-enactment of the ultimate redemption? With with what actions, with what events will God bring about the final redemption? And there's a very uh, powerful and compelling idea that the exodus of Egypt was the pre-enactment and the precursor to the final redemption. In fact, uh, the Rishonim write, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar writes, that every event that happened in Mitzrayim will repeat itself in the times of the ultimate redemption. So actually, everything we're going to talk about the night of the Seder, it's not about ancient history. It's not like the kids are going to say, you know, what are we doing? Oh, we're, to- we're telling a story that happened 3,300 years ago. It's not about past history. It's about coming attractions. We tell our kids, everything we're saying now is the handbook with which God will repeat the story. This is a story that will happen to us in the in the future. And this is really brought out, usually a book, if you want to know what it's all about, there's a rule, you know, you open up the first page, you open up the introduction, you turn to the back, and that usually sums up what the book is all about. Even the Gemara says, if you want to know what the Torah is all about, it starts with God's kindness to Adam, that he clothed Adam Arishain, and it ends with Hashem burying Moshe Rabbeinu. It begins with Chesed, it ends with Chesed. So that means the Torah is a book about uh, kindness. So That's if you apply, and Lamed, right? It's Lev, heart. Yeah, yes, yes. So if you'd want to know what's the Haggadah all about, well, it begins with Hashata Hacha, this year we're here, Lashana Hababa Aradi Yisrael, next year in Israel. And it ends Lashana Hababa Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. Is that really what the Haggadah is all about? That doesn't really capture the storyline. It has nothing to do with the storyline. But if you understand the Haggadah we're, is a handbook with which God will bring about the future redemption, and we're only relaying these events in order to elicit another another series of miracles from HaKadosh Baruch that's the meaning of the line in the Haggadah, that all the miracles of Mitzrayim are kefula u'mechupeles. We say al-achas kama v'kama, all the more so, taiva kefula u'mechupeles. All the benefits God bestowed upon us were multi-layered, not just for what happened back then, but for what they will bring to the Jewish people in, in our future. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says all the plagues will repeat themselves. There'll be a splitting of the Red Sea. We'll travel through the desert. And it's it's really remarkable to think of it in that sense. It's not really about what happened back then. With all the pace of progress, some people might even be closer to Israel. That's right, yeah. But here, and by the way, you also write that Moshe Rabbeinu might be the author of the Haggadah too. 
not just Elio, but Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeah, there there is such an opinion, which is you know not really you know not really uh, not really so popular, but it's it is a opinion. Yeah. Now you write the fact that of course what happens Pesach night of course happens and what happened in the past will happen in the future. I think you quote the Aruch HaShulchan that says that a Amalek will be decimated in the month of Adar. Maybe that's why when you have a leap year where you have the the Purim is closest to Pesach, you have to put Gula to Gula, redemption to redemption. But I'm curious, so a Amalek will be destroyed in Adar and yes. redemption will be in the Nisan, but not everybody agrees with that. I, I, you know, the Aruch HaShulchan, I think, mentions that in a few places, that the final destruction of Amalek will be in that in the month of Adar, and then the redemption, the Nisan Negalu, the Nisan Asidan Ligal. The first redemption happened in Nisan, and will repeat itself again in Nisan. Actually, I once saw that the Chafetz Chaim, uh, Rav Shimon Schwab, when he spent his uh, historic Shabbos in the house of the Chafetz Chaim, he asked the Chafetz Chaim, what what does the Gemara mean that Uvenisan Asidan Ligoel? We we wait for Mashiach every moment. I mean, today tonight's going to be the last day of Adar, last day of the year, and we await the Mashiach. If it comes today, we'll be okay, even though it didn't come in Nisan. We await Mashiach the whole year. So what what do what do the what does the Gemara mean Uvenisan Asidan Ligoel? Chavetz Chaim says it means it's very likely. It's fifty fifty. He said. It's a very strong likelihood. You have to wait for it in, in Nissan with a much stronger anticipation. But when it says a seedingly go, meaning the future will be redeemed, it seems more than 50-50. It sounds more like yeah. almost 100% or maybe 100%. That's what the mimer, the saying, actually, if yeah. you want to quote it literally, right? Yeah, that, that, that's a literal meaning. Actually, Medrash Tanhuma gets even more uh, specific. Medrash Tanchuma says, And and some Rishonim right? the reason we open the door for Eliyahu is we believe at the precise moment that we were redeemed the first time, we'll be redeemed again the night of the Seder. So we hope to open the door and welcome him right in. And that's why maybe Eliyahu was there because he's supposed to open the door for Mashiach. So maybe that's yeah. another reason why he's at the Seder. Yeah, right, right. So since he's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're speaking to Rabbi Daniel J. Glassin. His fascinating 10th book is called Rev. Daniel Glassin on the Haggadah, Revolutionary Insights into the Haggadah, the Exodus, and the Final Redemption. We talk about the four sons in the Haggadah, but Lubaba Terebi, and I know you write about it, uh, said there's a fifth son, the one who doesn't show up, and he's an important player, that one who doesn't show up to the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that opinion. And actually, you know, the everyone's entitled to expound upon uh, matters of Torah according to the way they see. I actually took it in a completely opposite direction because there's this idea that there's a missing son because really all the fours seem to have a myth. There's a missing fifth. Like there was a question, the Mishnah and Psachim says, we used to ask when the Beis was standing, you know, why all other nights we eat uh, roasted meat or cooked meat, and tonight only roasted. So there's actually a fifth question we don't ask. There's a fifth verse besides the Hoytzesi, the Hitzalti, the Alti, the There's a verse, and I'll bring you into the land of Israel. We don't expand upon that verse in the Haggadah. Um, and there's a fifth cup, which is uh, somewhat debatable. You know, the, there's a question whether you drink it. We don't know what to do, so we pour it. We don't drink it, and I I would suggest there's a different uh, missing fifth kid. 
you know, you look at the names of the kids. You have a Russia. You have a wicked son. Why don't you have the opposite of the wicked son? Why don't you have a tzaddik? You know, a chacham is not a tzaddik. A chacham is a wise son, but he's not a righteous son. That's not what the word means. You have a simple son. You have a son who can't formulate a question. Where is the tzaddik? I would say the missing son is the tzaddik. And the reason why he's missing, because we don't have children who are tzaddikim. Children are not tzaddikim. Children could be smart. They could definitely be wicked. They could be simple. They could possibly not formulate a question, but they can't be righteous yet. Righteousness comes with maturity, with learning, with life experience. I would say the missing son is the son we're trying to develop all of our children in. Our goal is to take all four types of kids and to cultivate them and to develop them into the tzaddik. Actually, there's an amazing uh, gematria that they say. If you take Russia and you subtract his teeth, Shinov, you do get tzaddik. You get the numerical value of tzaddik. So you see the objective is to take every type of son. And the same way we're yearning to ask the fifth question of the Manashtana, that when will we eat roasted meat for a current Pesach? And we're yearning to expound that fifth verse that God will take us into the land of Israel. We're also yearning that all of our four children should be developed into tzaddikim. So I, you know, I took it in, in uh, the opposite direction. Uh-huh. If we went to the tzaddik is purpose, but he's at the Seder. So, but the, here's the thing though. You, yeah. You're asking about the four kids, but I can understand the OTD kid is not at the Seder. Or if the Derek kid, but the you know, tzaddik, that, that, that kid be, the tzaddik is definitely going to be there. Yeah, what I'm saying is there is no kid who's a tzaddik. The reason why he's missing is because he doesn't exist. You can't have a kid who's a tzaddik. A, why? Why a can't you, you can't have a, a, a kid who's righteous? Who's you have stories? You have people who, from the early age, they're doing a mitzvahs and they're learning and they're they're leluyim. You have that. So why? I would say leluyim. Yeah, you can have very bright kids. <laughs> But but in order to be really righteous, you have to have the the midas and the life experience to know what real righteousness is. Yeah. But you know, the Russia gets a bad rap, but he's still at the Seder. He's still there, and I know that he's not really denying God. He's he's just you know questioning what's going on. Maybe he's a rabble rouser, but he's he's still there. That's an important thing that he's still at the Seder. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that. Uh, you know, no other time of the year do we emphasize, okay, let's let's bring the Russia in. You know, usually we say stay away from the Russia, you know, Harchekmina Russia. But the night of the Seder, it's like we're not we're not afraid of him. We we believe that everyone could turn it around the night of the Seder. You know, we, we bring Terach to the table. I mean, when do you ever talk about Terach? I mean, usually Terach, you know, if you had a Shidduch resume, you would not put Terach on the resume. You know, you'd leave that part blank. The night of the Seder, we bring in Terach. You know, Rosh Hashanah, you know, one of the main questions I get the high holiday times is people want to bake with nuts, egoism, right? People are very scared of putting nuts in any of the food. On Rosh Hashanah, we stay away from nuts. And Pesach, the Ramam says you give out nuts at the table. So the night of the Seder, nothing, nothing phases us. We bring the Russia to the table. We bring Terach out of the closet. We we distribute nuts. We're in, we're in Mitzrayim. We're in the Tuma. We're in the defilement, and everyone has a chance on the night of the say there. Even Terach could turn it around the night. I'm of the loving it's there too. At least if you say a Ramad Ovid Ovid, yeah. what either was 
I, you know, Ramian tried to destroy my father, or Wanding or Ramian was my father, right? There are different ways that you can look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or both, right? Or both. Well, you're right. So, so Lovin's there. Asav, I guess, uh, it's not really there. Asav, not really in that god. No, no. You know, you mentioned the Russia before. It's an interesting, uh, uh, accusation against the Russia. We say because he takes himself out of the community, we give him a very harsh, Description: We say he's a kafar be'ikar. We say he's a heretic. Yeah, where is he from? Where do we see that he's a heretic? What did he yeah, say? Yeah, well, I mean, what did he do? Well, he he asked the question. Maybe it wasn't the most respectful way. But why is he a kafar? Why is he a heretic? And th- this is a very important idea. You know, um, we say every day Shema Yisrael, and the Vilna Gaon uncovers really a, a very a remarkable definition of Shema Yisrael that really people should be aware of. The word Shema doesn't just mean to listen or to understand. Shema, like in the Navi, Vayeshama Sha'ol. Shema means to galvanize, to, to gather. We say Shema Yisrael. Jewish people gather together because the Jewish people are the ambassadors of God in this world. We reflect the reality of God. When we're united, we reflect the unity of God. When we're fragmented, when there's discord among us, that reflects Heaven forbid that there's more than one power upstairs. As God's representatives, you know, I, I believe that the concept of Jewish unity is the most misunderstood concept. We think it's just a matter of getting along and being nice to each other. There's something very fundamental in a sense of we represent God's reality in the world. And if the Jewish people are not united, then we reflect that chas v'shom heaven forbid shnei rishuyas, they're two gods. So our job, the Jewish people, have to unite as one nation, and thereby we reflect the unity of God. It says the Vilna Gaon, Shema Yisrael, gather together as one Israel, and thereby we proclaim to the world, Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Achad, there's one God. So by the Russia removing himself from the community, he says, look, you guys, you do your thing, I do my thing, he's reflecting to the world that there's more than one God. So we say, Russia, do you not understand the state of the Jewish people is the a reflection of the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You are actually broadcasting to the world that there are more than one, one power, more than one God. So we, we say, Russia, this is kafira. This is a mar- matter of heresy. And it's a very powerful and, and um, philosophical idea. And that, that's really, you know, the, the same type of thing that Haman did. You know, Haman is accused of kiyot al ka, somehow infringing on God's name. Where do you see Haman ever have any f- effect on God's name? You see him take out a saw in the Megillah and like chisel off letters on Hashem's name. But by, by accusing the, the Jewish people that were yeshnoi am echad mefuzaru mefairad, that were disparate, there's discord, there's disunity, and we're, so to speak, two different nations, by doing that, he's infringing on the reality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when we say the Shema, it's more than declaration. It's sort of a statement of action. It's, it's, it's a clarion call. Unify Jewish people. By unifying, then we reflect the unity of the Creator. Wonderful thoughts. Uh, we've been speaking with Rabbi Daniel Gladstein. He is the Rav of Kahilas, the Ferris Mordechai in the Five Towns, also the founder of Mahon Magid Harakia. His latest book is called Rev. Daniel Glassine on the Haggadah, Revolutionary Insights into the Haggadah, the Exodus and the Final Redemption, put out by Art Scroll. We appreciate you being here with us. What's your 11th book going to be? 
<laughs> I'm working on a book on Chinuch uh, Habanim, on uh, raising children. Um, my wife says, you know, you better know what you're talking about before you compose a book about raising children. But I let her do the work, and I write the I write the book. <laughs> Final question before I let you go. You mentioned we don't have a tzaddik. Do we have a real Russia though? There, you know, every person has holiness, and just a question of reaching out and trying to make a difference. Sometimes we just write people off when we shouldn't write them off. Yeah, you're right. Look, um, the Russia is just a label, but as we mentioned, we actually have a we're hake ashinov, which is a way of transforming the Russia. The job of the Seder is, uh, and I'll end with this, you know, I, I, if I could share, I saw a Rashi this year, I've seen it so many times in my life, and it never hit me the way it did this year. It's really a, a, a revolutionary chidosh. A revo- the word Haggadah, what does that word mean? What do you think it means to speak, to talk, to relate? Rashi in Chumash says on the Pasuk, he doesn't say it on that verse, on the verse before. Rashi says, to draw their heart with Agadic teaching. And I realize what Rashi is saying is the word Haggadah doesn't mean to speak. It means to draw. It means to pull. Where do we find Haggadah means to pull? Like good asik, good achis. There's a halachic principle. If you have a wall that doesn't go down to the floor or doesn't extend all the way up, you could use a principle, good, you could extend the wall, you could pull the wall. Agada, the Agadic teachings of the Talmud are very interesting. They draw the heart. They they pull on a person's curiosity. The word Haggadah, Rashi is saying, means to draw the heart of the child. Bedivrei Agadah, with Agadic teachings. So Haggadah, you can have a child who the rest of the year is not interested, is callous, maybe seems to be rebellious. But the, the night of the state is a special opportunity where every child, even the one that we maybe have written off as a Russia, we have the opportunity to even pull on his heart. And as mentioned, by, so to speak, knocking out his teeth, knocking out his teeth doesn't mean we uh, bring in an um, oral surgeon. I, I like the expression, not when we put his blunt. teeth on edge. Right, blunt. blunt. Yeah, exactly. We blunt his teeth. In other words... We, so to speak, silence the um, the blockages in his mind. You know, until until now, he sort of wrote the, wrote the whole thing off, and we we sort of put that to rest, and we open up his heart. And as mentioned, if you subtract numerical value of shinov, which is three sixty six from the word Russia, which is five seventy, you get tzaddik. And even the Russia could become a tzaddik the night of the seder. All right, Daniel J. Glossy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a wonderful Yom Tov. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, awesome. Thank you. Perfect. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.